Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. We want to start by saying thank you so much, listeners, for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. We also want to say thank you to our sponsors who provide so much support for us. If you manage to kill that dream whitetail buck or maybe that bull sprig, check out Whitetail Class- Classics Taxidermy, owned by Jody Schultz out of Louisville, Nebraska. Basically can put together whatever you can dream up. So check them out at whitetailclassicstaxidermy.com or his Facebook and if you want to talk to him today or book something, call him at 402-630-0031. Next up is Spores Wet Basement Solutions. Their services include water damage and crack repairs, landscaping, concrete driveways, grading, and more. Their recommendations provide solutions that are a long-term and not temporary fix. They do it right the first time. If you want additional information, you can check out spores.com or contact them at 402-476-8588. If you're like me and like to drive your wife nuts every season with a new duck or goose, call right, baby. Yep. Pretty much. Call, uh, check out B. Hoover Custom Calls. Brent Hoover out of North Pot, Nebraska is one of the best that comes around. He actually uh, got second at Best of Show at NWTF Nationals. Awesome guy. Personal friend of the family. Actually helped my dad harvest his bull elk. He specializes in wood, duck, and goose calls, turkey pots, dog whistles, and shotgun shell teal whistles. Awesome guy. Check him out at behoovercustomcalls.com. If your vehicle gets disgusting like my husband does during hunting season, (laughs) check out Dirty Devil Detailing. They do interior and exterior detailing as well as headlight restoration and more. They also are certified in glass transparency and take anything from vehicles, boats, jet skis, ATVs, and motorcycles. The devil is truly in the detailing. They're located in Omaha, Nebraska, and if you want additional information, check them out on dirtydevildetailing.com. If you're like me and have taken a few L's here this early season and wow, 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 pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) If you're like me and taking some L's and you really want that perfect hunt with the buddies and just get out there and enjoy what's going on and have to worry about anything, check out the other guys' outfitters. They do an incredible job of uh, dry field duck and goose hunts. You can check out their pile picks on Facebook. And if you're wanting to book a hunt today, call Crager at 308. 637-7777. If you're needing some professional photography done, check out My Business Faithful Images. Our mission is to faithfully capture images of God's creation in time that will one day serve as a memory. We do anything from infants, couples, families, seniors, weddings, announcements, and more. Check it out at faithfulimages.org or on Instagram and Facebook. If you're ever sitting there during COVID and thought to yourself, I really need to get on that dream hunt. I don't know. What what's going to happen in life, but I need to get in that dream hunt. Check out Chaku Peru. He does hunts in the U.S., South America, and Europe. If you've seen some of his pics or videos, if you haven't, jump on his Facebook or Instagram. Has some incredible hunts and does some incredible things. Uh, check him out at chakuperu.com for more details. Our last sponsor is Redbeard's Custom Calls. They specialize in acrylic duck and goose calls. Andrew made me one of the a one-of-a-kind marble white and hot pink dunk call. It sounds incredible. It looks amazing. If you want more information, check it out on Facebook. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for the support, and let's go ahead and jump in the podcast.
Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. Today, I've got myself, Hunter, woo, and Jeremy, my co-host. What's up? Woo. Woo. <laughs> I can't get it too excited because, well, water fees, waterfowl season sucks. Yeah. It's not my fault. It's Brad's fault. It's Brad's fault. <laughs> Him and his dang internet st- scouting. I don't, I don't think I've ever uh, gone through such a duck depression during duck season. <laughs> and we got and we got Brad. Hey Brad. Woohoo. Woohoo. Jeez, Brad. I mean, I have to show some excitement. This is, you know, the the deer hunting podcast. Unfortunately. Alright. Unfortunately, <laughs> he says. No, but on serious note. So Brad and Jeremy have connected over deer hunting and talk a lot about it. And I, you know, I just, I just let it be what it is, is deer hunting. But let's be honest, Nebraska has a rich history of deer hunting and they appreciate it, which is great for them. I appreciate duck depression apparently. And so we just decided that we needed to do a deer hunting podcast because deer hunting has went well for all of us this year, I think. I will say, I think between now and next year, Brad, we got to work really hard to try and do something that convinces Hunter to become a deer hunter. Because the last two years, it seems like right at right as deer season comes around, the ducks are just not here. I don't know why you don't just like take a week or two. Switch it up a little bit, especially since apparently deer hunting is so easy for you guys. <laughs> uh, Brad, it was so satisfying knowing that you're you were duck hunting, and I sent you that picture of that that mule deer. Oh, it's so satisfying. It was. It kind of threw me off guard. I was like, "What? Like hunters?" Sending me a picture of a deer? <laughs> well, you should have... What was that? Was that Friday that you texted me? Yeah. Yeah, what do we, he texted me Friday. And, like, meanwhile, I had... Well, we were doing our last podcast last week. I talked about how I was going to deer hunt, and, like, the ducks are just gone. I don't really have the energy to deal with the fact that there's no birds in the area, so I'm going to deer hunt all weekend this weekend while he's gone. <laughs> and and he's like, oh, you should go duck hunting. Yeah, giving me crap about it. Friday morning, he texts me, so I'm going deer hunting tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. I thought it was Photoshopped at first. For real? Yeah. I thought, I thought you were just like found a picture on the internet and <laughs> just like sent it to me to message me. And then you're like... Uh, no, I was like, you shot that? You're like, no, my my dad. Did. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that that makes more sense. Well, I, I turns didn't, out though, I mean, you get the credit. I didn't, I didn't get the, I didn't have a tag, and my so this is how it went. So my brother called me to talk to me about one deer leaving all that jazz, and he's like, hey, like, are you, you want to duck hunt? And I was like, I would love to. But you gotta have ducks to duck hunt, and he just laughs, and I was like, "No, like I'm being serious. <laughs> like there ain't squat around. It seems like so. We talked about going out west, and I was like, you know, 
it, I have this, I just have like two parts of me that constantly fight each other. There's common sense and then my love for duck hunting and they like are constantly like at each other's throats. Like one's like, hey bro, there's no ducks around. Don't be an idiot. I was just going to butt in and say, uh, contrary to the disbelief, you do not need ducks to go duck hunting. <laughs> yeah, apparently you just need a hawk. A hawk. Right, uh, just a hawk. Yeah, just, I mean, if that's all that's around, that's all you can claim to have seen, I suppose. <laughs> so, that was so satisfying, because they were like, oh, have you saw anything? And you're like, a hawk, and I like sent you that deer picture. I was like, ah, suck it, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Got him! <laughs> uh, it's like playing the reverse card on Uno, just like, boom, yeah. reverse, gotcha, Brad. <laughs> you win that round. No, so I use like my dad's like, well, you know, would you be interested in going deer hunting with me? And I was like, I mean, yeah, sure, why no. not? Like, why not? Sure, let's go. <laughs> so I guess I could. Should I just tell the whole story? I was gonna say we either you I don't either think just start telling the whole story or we really dive into the aspect of. Oh, I, I actually don't. I didn't ask where you were wanting to go with this podcast exactly. Like. I don't know. We, just, we just talking about the deer hunting we've done so far this year, or yeah. Well, let's just let's just bunny trail it. Let's just let it happen. Okay. Okay. So right, we'll start with you then. So we're like, deep in it. like, hey, let's hop up in the pickup. We start driving out there, and I don't know for whatever reason that morning, apparently every deer in the county just wanted to come out of the canyons and just like hang out on alfalfa fields, cornfields, like. They were just like, hey. So we're like driving and like we're halfway through the canyon where we can't hunt and there's just deer everywhere. Like we saw like one or two like decent bucks, but nothing like crazy. And so we get down by the landowner's house and then head a direction or like I think we head head out by the canyon by his house where my dad had seen quite a few deer. And we stopped because we saw a couple of deer. And it was pretty funny because we saw one doe and then we saw another like deer walking underneath this tree and I had the binoculars out and he's, he's probably like 200 yards out and I'm like watching him and he looked like he had like good size antlers to him. And so like got him stopped and like got out of the pickup to actually get a good look at him and like this like deer just kind of like disappeared. So I'm sitting there for a couple minutes watching it. Next thing you know, pops his head out of the grass and like it's a doe. And I was like, because I told my dad, I said, I think that's a good size, a good size buck. And I'm like, walk over. I'm like, yeah, I'm full of crap. Like, let's go. It's like, that's a doe. <laughs> well, I will say, I mean, you could have seen a buck. Those rolling hills like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I couldn't. You tell. catch a twig or anything. It's like, oh, oh that. Yeah. So we, we go to climb in the pickup, about to take off, like start going a little bit. And I look over to my left. And I see a whole herd of deer, like, coming out of the canyon on, on the top. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. I look over, and, like, there is a good, like, mature buck. And I'm like, okay, like, we need to stop. Look up, watch this mature buck. And, like, let's be honest. Mule deer are not very intelligent they, sometimes. They, de- they definitely... Like, if, to if just stand there and look at you. If they're not hunted, they are not very intelligent. No, as somebody who hunts... That goes public, with any animal. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, but even as somebody who hunts now, the public land mule deer that I know about, honestly, they don't get a crazy amount of pressure even yeah. during rifle no. season. Um, and that's just due to the limited amount of tags. Yeah. But really, mule deer, there is not a, like, they just stand there and look at you. Even the public land ones. <laughs> really, they do. I mean, three years ago, I had me and a couple buddies were in that area, and we had, like, seven does that, like, we spooked them, and then they ran to us, and then they got, like, real close to us, and then one guy shot at them, and they just kind of tried it off. It just really, they really aren't, I wouldn't call them smart. They're mule they're, deer. They're curious deer, I would say. Like, whitetails, yeah. like, they see or hear anything, and they're gone. Mule deer, like, they give you that solid look. I just, I, 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 don't, I don't even know how to explain it. They just sit there and look at you. So we get across the fence, get a like a good shot on the steer, probably 100, 150 yards. My dad's got his black powder rifle. Man, that thing has killed more deer than I I think most rifles have for sure. Like this thing is, he's killed a lot of deer with this thing. Boom. This deer, like, I swear this thing jumped like eight foot in the air, like just and I was watching the whole time and I saw like hit him but he was just like sitting there like dazed and confused and like looked like he was high that's the only way I could describe it he just seemed like he was high and like the does didn't even really seem to care that there was a shot let me, like, gu- let me guess you hit him it was a far back shot probably got shot yeah yeah so he's just kind of standing there just like kind of looking around and the does honestly didn't even seem like they cared they were just kind of watching us like hey like, what, what was that about? <laughs> and then eventually they, like, decide to hop the fence and, like, kind of go. And, like, so we're watching him. He goes behind some, some brush, and he looked like he continued to take off with the does. And, like, you could tell you, you obviously could tell he's hurt. So we went, went back to the road, started heading to the finger where they were, like, uh, walking off to. And, like, this, was, this part was kind of a disaster because, like, Watched them kind of go across the road and, like, couldn't figure out where the buck went. And, like, we weren't sure what was going on. And, like, get into, and the way this canyon works, there's two fingers. Went in the one finger, nothing. Went to the second finger. And, like, there must have been another whole, like, herd of, like, six or seven deer in there that, like, you had no idea was there. Mm-hmm. Scared them out of there. There was, like, a smaller four-by-four just square up on me, like, broadside square up and just like I've never heard a deer blow so loud at someone just like (laughs) and I'm like okay like there might be a dead deer in here but there might be a second one here in a minute (laughs) no I'm just kidding I didn't have a tag I wouldn't do that but uh get up in the my brother goes across the canyon goes up towards the other finger and I just see him across the way because my dad was on the other ridge He's just, like, waving his hand, and nobody's got cell service, so I have no idea what he's wanting. And I'm assuming, like, he found the deer. Uh, skedaddled across the other ridge, and I look over, and this deer, my brother's, like, freaked out. He's like, I scared the deer. Like, I, you know, I bumped it, and I don't know. It's, you know, it's laying over there. I think it's dead. And I'm like, this deer is just, like, straight eye contact. Yeah. I'm like, just put this thing out of its misery. We're staying like 50 yards away from it. Well, instead of doing that, my brother decides to walk up to it and bumps it. Oh, jumps the fence. 
like he's messed up and he's still running and my brother like kind of takes off and like gets my dad on the shot and like shoots it in the back of the neck to finish it off so in the midst of all of this of them like cruising trying to get to this thing i look over and there is the monster oh you didn't tell me about this dude there is a monster buck like leave the same finger that that other buck ran into with a doe and i'm talking like monster really and like oh my gosh like that makes me want a deer hunt oh like kind of that monster. makes you want to that hunt? makes me kind of want a deer hunt <laughs> <laughs> and and i was like oh and so that the other one gets shot so there's something i want to add to this story when my brother first found it and bumped it it was like next to the cornfield by the house mm-hmm. we could have drove up put it in the truck, went home, right? No, he decides to chase it 200 yards into the finger into the bottom of the canyon where you can't you can't really get to it. Yeah. You could do it with a four-wheeler side-by-side, side, but not a truck. Yeah. Guess what? We had a truck. So now my brother and I had to drag this deer <laughs> five, 600 yards to the freaking road and drag it up the hill because, of course, it's a canyon. So basically had to die for this deer. So Oh, no. It was a rough life. It's almost like hunting with Brad and having to run, like walk six miles to get to your duck hunt. Oh spot. my goodness! This is why you work out. Uh, this is what you train for. I I've lost enough weight this year, Brad. I don't know, but the old Cosmo cleanse, man, dropped me about eight pounds. So <laughs> at this point, but at this point, I'm working on high school weight. Jeez. I'm just kidding. Not that much. New year, new you. No, I need to pack some weight on before goose season because, like, the last couple of days when it's been actually, like, kind of cold, I've been freezing, man. Like, I need to get some fat stores back. So, Gummy Worms Express, here we go. You know, <laughs> maybe it's because I just spent all day outside or I spent the last two days outside hunting. Yeah. Terrell was, like, complaining about how cold it was. And I was like, this feels good. <laughs> it felt so good today. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. I would like to say the same. But <laughs> yeah, you a little cold there, bud? Yeah, I've, I've been pretty, like, the deer hunting wasn't too bad because we were moving around so much. But today I walked out and I was like, this is chilly. <laughs> Where's the mallards at? Apparently. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's all I had. That was it. And then I got to see, send you guys all those messages, which was fun. I got more enjoyment out of that, really. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe you said You're, You were guiding. But he was he was a nice 5 by 3 three-year-old. I mean, he's a nice-looking deer, so. I would have shot him. I, I would have shot him. Like, Louie sent me a picture, and all I could think was, oh, my goodness. I would lose my mind if that stepped in front of me. He's a, Jeremy's, just, Jeremy's over here thinking about turkey hunting in that spot is what he's thinking about. I'm always thinking about turkey hunting. I was sitting in bed last night, like, after two long days of deer hunting with great, with good success, but no trigger pull. Um, I just was like, and the ducks are bad this year. 
can it be March and turkey season already? Like I'm here for it. I want, I love turkey hunting so much. I am, I like, even if I had to drag you out there, we're going West yeah. and I'm, we're going to get you on a turkey because I think once you, sh- once, once somebody calls a turkey in for you or you call, you've a never shot a turkey. I've shot fall turkeys. Mean. But he's never done spring. Tur- There's a difference. You've never gone spring turkey it's hunting. A totally no. different ball game. Like, oh my god! It, literally, like, you are missing out. Yeah, <laughs> you get one to two good weeks of of snow goose in this state, and then like, I don't even. In- Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. I just you you have those two weeks of snow goose, and then the whole spring you basically do nothing but sit around. You just wait for duck season to come back. You don't like fishing, so we got we got to make a turkey hunter out of you. <laughs> but what about what about golfing? Do you what act, about do golfing? You actually, golf. Yeah, really? I actually, I, I enjoy golfing. I haven't been golfing since high school. <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I think I oh I should say I am open to turkey hunting. I do actually want to kill a, a spring turkey with my bow because I haven't killed anything with that bow. And, like, I'm actually a decent child with it. I practice a lot. Well, I mean, good. I have to get back into the swing and practice again this spring. I didn't even but... know you had one. We'll, we'll have to go shoot. Yeah, I didn't either. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even have to kill anything for turkey season. I honestly, like, I could go out with no weapon whatsoever. I just go out to hear the gobbling. Exactly. Like, and... Going out in the morning and, like, just trying to locate those birds, whether it be, like, a crow, a crow call or an owl call or whatever your method is, going out there and just like oh, there they are you know like you're like straight up stalking these birds yeah. like I don't know it is there's such a thrill to it I love it and me and Hunter were talking about this a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about deer hunting and turkey hunting and even water like we were just talking about the types of hunting we like to do or some that don't like to do <laughs> um and he's just like I like waterfowl because of being able to trick those birds into doing it. And then he revealed to me that he had never shot a spring turkey. And I was like, well, you'll never do anything else in the spring once you're sitting under a bird that gobbles at you at five yards. Like, but the question yeah. to you is, have you ever had a flock of snow geese do it dirty? I have, have you not, but have, I have, you, have, I have you? Yes, I have. <laughs> and it, is, it is beautiful. I'm not see. Look, I was just as depressed as you were last spring when I was gone. The one week that we had good snow geese, because you had even, I think you even invited me, and I just was out of town. Yeah, and it didn't. It by the time I got back, they were all gone. Don't don't let Brad BS you on anything because Brad literally had access to the blind whenever he wanted to be there. I told him he could go out there whenever he wanted. No, he didn't. Yes, I did, Brad. <laughs> I specifically texted you. Don't make me go back in my text. Last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did. I'll give you that. I actually, like, several times, like, said, like, Brad, come out with us. Brad. And you're like, meh. I'd rather not. <laughs> Just like that, too. I honestly can't even argue because I can't recall what I was doing, and that totally sounds like me. I think you were like getting in your. I think you were getting in your fishing grind, as well. My guess would be. Uh, I was probably working on the boat. And then I, if I can remember right, you were working on. Uh, uh, I think you had a side job going on because I remember us. You had that, uh, like that barn or whatever you were working on. I can't. Oh remember. yeah. 
Yeah, so. I remember that. You were working on that quite a bit, so yeah, it was the well two things that kept away from snow geese. But oh man, seeing a snow geese—I've never had a good snow geese. Like I've jumped some good with snow geese. Yeah, yeah, I've never even. But I've never one, like huh? been on a hunt where there's just like birds dumping in. Now, okay, that sound even from just jumping them like that sound just gets burned into your brain and you hear it. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so you're sitting there with the e-collar just, like, blowing your head off, and you're just sitting there like, oh, this is great. This is nice. And, like, you won't be paying attention. You'll be on your cell phone just, like, sitting there, and you'll just hear this, and you'll, like, it's not like that because that was horrible, but you can hear the difference between, like, an actual snow goose and, like, the e-collar, and so you, like, hear that, and it's like, oh, boy. Like, start looking up, like, oh, let's go. It doesn't really matter. Here we go. It doesn't even matter, because if you see them, or I should say, if you hear them, it's still probably going to be another 10 minutes till they, like, come in. So it's like... Yeah. When when you see those snow geese for, like, that such a long time period, and then they finally, like, come in, it's like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. And I, I love... I love Rossies because they just they do it dirty. Big snow geese, they're like slow. Uh, I wouldn't say slow. They just they're so nervous. They're such a nervous bird that it's like hard to get them in there. Now, okay, so we talked about turkeys, snow geese on a deer hunting podcast. I was gonna say we got really off uh, topic here. Yeah, it's not my fault. It's Brad's fault. So Brad, uh, how'd your how'd your deer season? How deer came go? Oh man, deer camp. Um, it was good. It was different this year because usually every year I'm focused on other people. Like, okay, I need to get this person their deer. I need to get my cousin their deer. You know, this person's never gone, so I need to focus on them. This is the first year that everyone's gone. Everyone's got a deer. Everyone knows what they're doing, so I could focus on myself. So that was different, but. It was very mentally straining for myself in that same aspect, just because, like, I was like, I've I've got everyone else success, but it's been like four or five years since I've got myself success, and I felt like so, like I had to do it. If I didn't do it, you know, like I was a bad hunter. So it was very mentally straining, um, but it was it was good. Just we had some goose hunting thrown in there that I have a funny story about that involves Hunter. Um, <laughs> you mean the story actually about lost my mind? Uh-huh. I get the chance to jump like like a thousand geese and maybe like a few hundred mallards, like a bunch of nice birds. We jump them, we get six, me and my buddy Kenny. I call Hunter to tell him, and he's like, he's excited, but he's like, why didn't you just hunt them? And I couldn't, A, I was at deer camp. I didn't have any decoys. B, this landowner only lets me hunt when it's like 30 mile an hour plus winds, and I can't shoot towards the feedlot, which is right next to it. So that was why we were, we were just like jumping. So Hunter's giving me crap, and then all of a sudden, He's like, the next day, he's like, yeah, I'm going to head out to Columbus and just check it out. 
I talked to him like an hour later. He's like, yeah, I jumped, I jumped uh, some peel in the mallard off of there. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Hunter, in the previous conversation, you stated you would never jump anything but snow geese. You would wait the next day and hunt them. And then like our next conversation, he's like, yeah, I jumped, uh, I jumped a pond. Like, whoa, I'm rubbing off on Hunter here. I don't know what you're talking. I didn't. Tec- <laughs> I didn't technically jump them. Don't make me go back into my text messages. <laughs> <laughs> no proof, Brad. No proof. No. So I got out there. Uh, there I thought I only saw like a couple mallards, and I was like, "Ugh, I just want to shoot like a really nice greenhead," because like at that point, duck season was already starting to suck, and I was like, "I just, I just want to shoot a greenhead." So I went to go jump them. And Dixie, you know, there was like 30 teal out over in the corner by the levee, and I jumped them, and I was like, I'm not shooting into, I'm not jumping and shooting teal. Like, <laughs> I'm just not doing that. And they took off, and like the mallards, it was weird. They just like went straight up and just like hung out. I think they were just wanting to come back into the pond, but I left. So I didn't technically jump it. Sorry, Brad. Okay. I was, I was actually, proud of you <laughs> to not not hold yourself to such a high standard oh brad oh boy oh brad <clears throat> anyway back to deer camp back to deer camp um i had my cousin andrew with me my cousin wes and kenny and myself and we all stayed in this tiny camper one uh one kind of odd story that says you're off track here, but uh, Friday, the day before rifle season, Kenny and I were bow hunting a public spot. We like walked like two miles in and uh, we didn't see anything. We saw some fresh sign, real fresh poo, fresh scrape, but didn't see any deer. Anyway, we're walking out uh, about half mile in. Kenny had to take a, take a leak. So, we stop, and all of a sudden we hear, Row! whoa, what was that? <clears throat> so we start spotlighting all around. Spotlighting, we hear it again. Row! What the heck? All of a sudden, uh, Kenny shines his light up a tree, and there's a mountain lion right there in that tree looking right at us. And uh, we both had firearms on us, but <laughs> we, we had like a mile and a half to walk out yet. And we're just like, what the heck? It's all like fresh cut ground with like a bunch of tree piles all around. So there's like hidden corners, like every 50 yards. Oh, and, uh, it was, it made like our hair stand up on the back of our necks. We're like, what the heck? Well, so that was, uh, that was one exciting evening. It's probably while your deer disappears. <laughs> yeah. Not. Well, and honestly, like we, we have, at least two mountain lions on camera in the spot that we hunt. And then like the game where we ended up talking to a game more in the last day, which <laughs> we'll get to that. And, uh, anyway, I asked him about it and he said, yeah, there's, there's a lot of mountain lions out there this year. And, uh, that's definitely impacting the deer population and, uh, pushing a lot of those deer out of those canyons. Unfortunately, but, Poor deers. I'm sure they'll probably. Poor deers. I'm sure they'll probably send people to after those mountain lions this year. I, 
I think so. I'll be real interested to see what they do because, like last the last two years, they've had a season on them, and they allow eight cats to be shot in the season. I believe. Don't hold me to that, but I believe it was eight. Cause I had a tag the first year, but I wasn't successful. But uh, I'd be really interested to see what they do with that quantity this year. Well, I'm sure that information is already out there. But I think, as far as I know, they're having another season because I got a buddy up around the Shadron area that's done it the last two years, um, and everything I've been hearing, mountain lion numbers are going up because there actually was one not too far from Raymond, Nebraska. No surprise. Uh, yeah, we had one at our cabin in Arlington. Oh, wow, um, really? we had one on camera less than a, less than a mile away on the neighboring property. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I I saw somebody. What? Sorry, I I saw somebody on Facebook from the. Uh, he goes to UNL, and I'm assuming he's going to do something in biology. And he like posted something about reintroducing wolves in Nebraska, and that did that did, not, that did not go well. Well, yeah, especially this yeah, year he got roasted. Especially this year with the one that was shot out by yeah. Well, it wasn't it wasn't too far from you, Herman. Was it? Yeah, it, it was right by. Uh, it was right. It was just a few miles from our cabin, actually. Yeah. And there was three of them, I believe, and one of them got shot. Oh, I didn't know that there was more than one. I just heard that it had been shot. Well, yeah, so Game and Parks came out and set up trail cameras along a lot of the river properties and uh, just to see if they could capture. They, they called and uh, asked our neighbor to set up two cameras. They didn't call and ask us to set any, but... Um, I guess they're trying to figure out where they're going and where they're coming from. Well, you did you hear where it came from? The one that they were because uh, they came out and uh, they they traced. Yeah, they it. DNA tested it, right? Yeah, it came from Minnesota. Hmm. That the it's from a pack up in Minnesota. Which think about it. I mean, Minnesota is not close. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. I'm sure it has a bunch of the cattle farmers out west uh, freaking out because they just reintroduced wolves in Colorado this year. Yep. Which yeah. I actually it's I thought that that, I thought that had gotten shut down, but I guess not. Which blows my mind. I just with everything that Idaho and uh, I was just going to mention Idaho is trying to like eradicate them. Well, they're paying people to come in, and they're paying people to come in, and each year they kill. Like I saw the statistics over the last three years. Like three years ago, I, these aren't exact numbers, so don't hold me to it. They shot like three hundred, and then the next year they shot like six hundred, and the next year they almost shot about a thousand of them, and their numbers are still going up. They can't get them under control. There's like there's too many of them, at the and their only natural predator is other wolves. Mm-hmm. I mean, like up in Yellowstone, in Yellowstone, it's pushing the grizzlies out of the out of the park because yeah. like they they when you get a pack of them, they'll attack and kill grizzlies. I mean, it's again another topic that we just went down our bunny trail on, but it's it's a it's a mad yeah. problem. And I when <laughs> I when I heard that there was one shot in Nebraska. I was like, oh no, here we go. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be bad. Well, there's been a few too. Like, that, that's not the only one. That's the one they, they kind of made like a story out of. But I was going to say, I think there, there's been like five or six of them shot in Nebraska now. Really? I was going to say, I, that's the first one I had ever heard of. And the only reason I heard of it was because one of the guys in camp saw it on Facebook and was like freaking out about it, actually. And like, which, I mean, I can tell you, if I saw a wolf while hunting, 
I don't it would be tough for me because I probably would have shot it regardless because I know they're just not supposed to be here but I feel I wonder what I wonder if there was any like issues for the guy that shot it no it actually ended up being like back up a little bit you you technically can get in trouble if it's not like after you or your property yeah. or animals um, because they did an investigation and he was just, it had killed a, a cow or two and it was after his cows. Yeah. He was fine. But that's the thing is like, that's what worries me the How most. How can you decipher that from a coyote though? Well, well the I mean, crazy... a coyote year round, I guess the size, but. Well, yeah. but did you, have you seen a picture of it? Uh, I saw the picture of like the warden holding it up by its legs or whatever, but it that was it. It literally looks like. If I had just been out hunting and it was by itself, let's just purely by itself, I would have thought yep. of a coyote. I mean, it literally looks like a big coyote. The strain or the yeah, just the bloodline that it has, it just looks like a giant coyote. Well, I think it was like eighty some pounds. Now most coyotes around that area are anywhere from thirty to fifty. Oh, I heard it was over a hundred pounds. Oh, it was. I heard one hundred and thirty. Mm. Well, that's a chubby bunny. I mean, they're they're big animals. Either way, they did an investigation and they found that he was fine because he they were after his cattle. But that's the thing is like, you know, I don't want to sit there and say this or that, but you know, and point fingers. But at the same time, like the the green pita people, you know, what happens to one of these ranchers when he ends up with some big old fine because they found that he just shot it? Well. Well, dang, yeah, he would have, because giving it another day, probably would have needed another few cows or calves, you know. Well, I was going to say, a, you know, a $5,000 fine or whatever it would be. I mean, those wolves get a hold of five cows, and that's, I mean, what is the average price per cow? Like 3500 or something like that? Yeah, cows are that much. Calves are about 1500 bucks right now. Yeah. So the point is, is that, like, your money can go fast and wolves like they're worse than calves because they'll take out a full-grown cow it's not just the calves like they'll eat you get a couple of them they'll eat any of them i wonder well i'll tell you i would just take the fine if if they really wanted to find me over shooting a predator on my land you know like okay you know whatever if you if you feel necessary i think to do so I think the game in parks is going to look at it really, really hard this year because. Well, it's going to become an issue because you got to think of it this way. If you think of every place that has elk because the elk moved down here because of the pressure of the upper states and trying to find new habitat and find food, the wolves follow. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's going to happen. And on I mean, top- that's partially why the cats are here already. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, mount, mountain lions have kind of always borderline been in Nebraska. Yeah. We've always, we've never, until about the last decade or so, we've never really had a huntable population, but we've had them. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, yeah. Al- I've always heard of cats being around. But uh, my issue with the wolves is like, just as we've been kind of talking about, I mean, this rancher who shot the thing, I mean, it got to some of his cows. We have, I mean, we're not the beef state for no reason. I mean, everybody calls us the corn state, but we're the beef state. It's yeah. just the flat out truth. We have per capita the most cattle in the country. And that's why we're the good life. Yeah. 
And as soon as uh, if if we get a bunch of wolves, it's going to become a massive issue. So I would, if the game in parks is smart, this probably should be all I really end up putting. We should almost just do a full blown podcast on it at some point. But <laughs> it would be. I want to find. Hey, Brad. I we should we should try to get a rancher on here that would have that perspective. That would be a cool deal. Have the three of us in that here would, and then yeah. get like an online or like phone call. I could do that right? easy. Yeah. Get like a uh, guy that let me hunt. Uh, Elk on his on his ranch. He's a uh, actually the guy he's that pretty down to earth younger guy. The guy that lets me hunt elk on his ranch would probably he's a little older dude, but he's got a great personality, and he's got land in Wyoming and Nebraska, and does a lot of cattle. So I would be there that's, you a, go. that's a good idea actually to get a rancher or somebody that um possibly my predator control. Yeah, yeah. but anyways, uh. I think the game in parks would be smart to treat them like coyotes. Yeah. Because uh, we just have too many. We have just. The state brings in too much money from beef. Just plain and simple. And like. States that have massive issues with wolves. Like the upper UP. Um, I mean. Their deer numbers are a joke. Because yeah. they let wolves back in. Um, right now. Idaho, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, that whole area up there is, they're seeing a decrease in elk numbers in particular, along with mule deer and um, I'm sure even the moose in some of the areas. And, you know, obviously, like I said, Wyoming, uh, Yellowstone deals with bears literally moving out of the area because of the wolves. Those, all those species, like their numbers are starting to decline, and that's why I can't believe that they put them back in Colorado. I just can't. Like, it's so dumb. Especially with the already the amount of hunting pressure that's put on Colorado. Yeah. I mean, you would think that wolves would just be like not even a mindset. It, the elk herd in Colorado is going to take a massive hit in the next decade. It's just there's just no doubt in my mind. But if that if that becomes an issue, a hardcore issue in Nebraska, uh, you're going to see a lot of ranchers. It's just going to be an uproar, honestly. But yeah. <laughs> so, Jeremy, actually, I think we we're going into this. Brad, you want to finish up your deer camp? Yeah, Sorry, I want I want to hear the. I, you texted it to me, but I want to hear this whole story of your buck because. Okay. <laughs> So we had hunted, this was the 10th day, 10th day in deer camp. Um, everyone had left but me and Kenny, and uh, everyone was tagged out but me. I was the only one that had not shot a deer. I shot a doe, um, but we kind of joked because we called it the dog because it was a fawn. <laughs> uh, so all I had, the main guy that sets up the whole trip, all I had in the whole trip was a fawn. Uh, and so I was really beat up mentally. Like I was struggling to sit because everywhere I would sit, I was like, this is the wrong spot. The wind is wrong. The deer are not coming. You know, like yeah. I was just in that mindset. And so I was fighting myself the whole time. I didn't even want to be there at that point, but I pushed myself. I was like, I'm finishing deer season. I'm, I'm not going home this again. Long story short, I have this portable tripod that I move all over through all these different spots. And I finally had set it up over the spot we call the bull. And, uh, it's like, a on top of a real steep ridge. 
um, a high point coming out to like an alfalfa field, but the alfalfa is all private. Mm. So the deer always sit on the private and set up looking over the bull. Sunrise comes up and the day before I had a buck show himself for maybe one second, um, caddy corner on the private side where I couldn't even see him. So I set up where I could, um, long story short, he didn't come out there and there's a monster like this absolute crazy four by four with all these kickers that he's probably a 180 plus four by four. He is just huge. He knows he's safe on that private ground. And I'm just watching him all morning. And my buddy, Kenny, he's up watching the other side of the property. And we're, we're both watching him and whatnot. And all of a sudden, I, I see this other buck running the fence line on the private side. He's running, he's probably five, 600 yards from me, but he's running in my direction. And I know where those deer jump um, just from knowing the property. And I know I'm not going to have a shot check here. I know he's going to sneak. He's going to jump the fence. He's going to have a 20 yard window until he's in the ridge. And uh, so I climb out of my tripod immediately. As soon as I see him, I run through the bowl, um, get up next to a cedar tree, set up my shooting stick, and I'm just watching him. Watching him run that fence. Um, got my gun on him. I'm totally comfortable with where he's going. And my heart is just like beating out of my chest. I. I'm like losing it. Like this is the first year I've ever shot. Um, I think just because of the pressure and all the mental stress that I was under, like I had to actually like pull away. I pulled my gun down. I'm like, all right, chill out, take a breath. Cause I have like a solid, I don't even know, like probably two or three minutes with my sight just sitting on him, just watching him slowly trot this fence line. And, uh, anyway, I get collected. I get my gun back on him. He's like maybe hundred yards from the where you're going to jump. Headed right for where I thought he was headed. Like a 130 yard shot. Um, totally comfortable with that. Anyway, he's coming and he kind of disappears behind this one cedar tree. There's one cedar tree along that fence line and just the angle he's gone. And I'm like, just wait, just wait. He's coming. And uh, all of a sudden, I see those antlers poke over that cedar tree. He's looking down the fence line, looking. And as soon as he made that leap, two feet hit the ground, boom, I pulled that trigger, and he just folded five yards over the fence line. And that was it. I felt like it was a two million pound weight lifted off my shoulder. It was very, very, very relieving. Very thrilling. I, yeah, I could, I could tell, like, I got, I got that whole story over text and I could just tell that, uh, wow, first of all, I knew how much work you were putting in and like, uh, even like a couple days before we were talking and I was just, and you were like, you could tell you were losing motivation. I was just like, you almost gave that vibe of like, you felt like you had no idea what you were doing anymore. Like you felt like everything you were doing was wrong. Like you kind of were saying, <laughs> I just can remember. That's, and honestly, that's, that's how I felt like mentally. I was like, nothing I'm doing is working out, but everything I'm setting up everyone else on is, yeah. is working out for them. So it's like, what the, you know, what am I doing wrong to myself? Yeah. And I was, and you're told that you hit that nail on the head. Like I was, 
I was done. Like I struggled to get up every day. I felt like I was just like, I even told one of my best friends, Kenny at the time who I got into hunting. I'm like, dude, I, I don't even want to deer hunt anymore. Like I'm, I'm, I might not do this again. I'm done. You know, like he's like, what? Like you, you're the one that got me into this. Like, how are you going to bail? And I was just kind of like benching to him. He's like, I get it. I, I, I put this whole trip together, you know, like I get the camper, I plan where we're going, the dates, like for everyone. And it's like, I just, and I felt selfish to even think that like these guys put in so much work, like they do it too. They deserve all this success. You know, I felt, I felt like bad. Like I couldn't even, when I was trying to explain it to Kenny, like I couldn't even get the words out of my mouth just because I was like, dude, I, I feel like I sound so selfish and so like, me, 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 you know, yeah. like you guys deserve this too. But it's like that mental battle was so difficult. Yeah. No, I can, I completely get that. And I just felt so happy when I, you sent those pictures. And I was like, Oh dang, La- last day, fourth and 10, that whole kind of mindset, like that's awesome. And I, I've had trips like that. Um, don't get me wrong. We usually don't hunt the whole week. And so I've never done, you know, 10 days in a row like that on that yeah. level. But I've had those five or six day long trips where on the last day and it just all comes together perfectly, kind of like it did for you. And that feeling is amazing. Like it is. I, I, I'm sure the moment you pulled that trigger or even saw that deer in a position where it could have worked out, you remembered why you 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 deer hunt <laughs> why you like it so much oh yeah most definitely and uh yeah i i was stoked when i saw those pictures just the 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 raw rush of emotion you know like some people like hunter that don't deer hunt <laughs> <laughs> might not uh no joking but it just like the the raw rush of emotion that you get after i don't care if you've killed one deer or a thousand deer like you almost turn into like a, a little kid again you're like kind of emotional but giggly but kind of mind twisted you don't know what's going on it's uh yeah. it's definitely something that's needed after you know trying to reap that reward for so long yeah i don't know i i guess i would say i understand it on like a couple different levels like I still get that, obviously, with waterfowl and, like, that one good day we had where we shot those mallards. Like, it was yeah. that satisfaction where it's, like, we grinded and just have a we've, – we've had a little success here and there, but nothing, like, okay. Like, I've, I'm – holy crap, like, we had a great day kind of day. But, like – Yeah. I did have that with my deer hunting with my dad. Not just, like – it wasn't really about the kill. It wasn't about the deer or anything, but, like – I, I hate the bonding. Well, I, I hate to say it, my dad's getting older, mm-hmm. and I've kind of really grown to, in a weird way, to appreciate that now, and like in in some ways appreciating like with elk hunting and deer hunting with him the fact that, and I I I joked about this with him when we were elk hunting because he was like kind of getting tired going up a canyon. I'm like, because he used to give me crap about keeping up with him, yeah. you know, as a kid, yeah. and it's like you know. He was like, oh, I, I said, like, oh, the tables have turned, you know, like, and he kind of <laughs> chuckled with me, but it, that's what I mean is like getting to 
almost give him the opportunity because let's be honest, like an an older guy like trying to pull a deer out by himself, mm-hmm. like that's that's pretty hard on him, you know. And I, I I'm saying well, honestly, that, I'm like saying elk that. hunting. He... Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say elk hunting. I mean, well, I did that, and I'm sure people can, but I physically, even as a younger adult, could not do that alone. I mean, like that's mm-hmm. that's a chore. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, and I'm not, I guess I'm not trying to take away. My dad is fully capable. He's, he's a very strong, like older man. Like he could have done it himself, but like to be able to be there and be a part of it and help him and like make the, the hunt more enjoyable because it's easier for him. Like, like yeah. yeah. Now talking about an elk, <laughs> we're down there and we're like pulling this, this deer out. So obviously like my dad wanted to tell a story about loading his elk in. And he killed it, and they were able to drive up to it with the pickup, and they had to like, <laughs> they put they had to, he had a winch on a utility trailer, and go to like winch it on there, and this elk was so heavy that it, like, so the winch is mounted on a bar on the trailer, and it started to bend the metal on the from the winch on the trailer. So it was, like, so heavy that it was doing that. So they moved it onto the bar that holds the hitch on the pickup. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I and I and Hoover, man, every, we, we just take turns getting, you know, a foot here and there and just winching it on there by hand. I was like, oh, my gosh, that sounds <laughs> like – it kind of makes me happy I wasn't there because that would have sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that pain. But, but, like, talking about, like <laughs> – killing an elk and like having to like i have mad respect for elk hunters and like being able to go like five yard or five miles back in the back country kill an elk and like having to quarter it and walk it out like kudos to you yeah, guys like i mean that's almost as bad as carrying all those decoys into brad's and duck hunting yeah. oh boy but, so like, i have a funny <laughs> i have a funny story to relate to that just real quick here at your camp, we're hunting public land, pretty big sections. And, uh, there's a huge section. It's like 5,000 acres, give or take. I don't remember exactly, but anyway, there's this one section that is landlocked. You can't get to it unless you get to go through, hike all the way through that public cause it's shaped like a triangle or you go through the private. So me being good with access, I get access to the private side to access the public i go all the way through this private land i'm like no one's gonna be back here there's no way anyone's hiking through that huge section to get to that back corner because it's like steep ridges like vertical 200 foot drop off Mm -hmm. and uh i get all the way back you know i'm all giggly and i got access to this awesome private ground and uh i get all the way back there first thing i see is a dude in orange packing out a deer a buck that he had <laughs> shot in that back corner. Are you freaking kidding me? I guess so. That was like, a, that was, I think that was my breaking point, honestly. Like, I was so, like, at such a high point, And then it's like, I come over that hill, and I'm like, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but. Gotta love it. That was the. Gotta love it. The fun of deer hunting. Yeah, and you guys always try to get me to go deer hunting. Uh-huh. 
see what it is. Yep. Okay. Right. Worth it. All right. Anyway, go I, ahead. I've been waiting to say this this whole podcast. I'm gonna just take a moment. Um, me and Brad, we are your <laughs> true grinders. We hunt public land and we give it every little ounce that we have. Um, yep. Uh, and Mister, I hate deer hunting over here has access to thousands of acres of private land in some prime deer hunting. This deer hunting trip that he took this weekend lasted all of two hours, <laughs> and they were done hunting, and his dad shot a nice yeah. mature whoa, buck. Whoa, 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 three, three. Oh, time, yeah, you think, you think he would take his good friends <laughs> to this access I, to deer hunting? I, yes, yes, that. But at the same time, what I don't get is how you cannot have interest. Like, he's acting like deer hunting so boring, but he has some of the best opportunities that he possibly could get right at the right in his hand. Like, I just, uh, yeah, you have a very fair point. I really, I'm, I'm a grinder, guys. See, I actually was gonna say that. I think you might enjoy public land deer hunting because you're so used to public land hunting for ducks that if you had to grind for a little bit and like then you felt that um well that just joy of it all finally coming together and i think you might have a little more respect for it and enjoy it a little more in all in one mo- i mean i know you've experienced it but it's all in one moment versus like like a good day waterfowl hunting is like so spread out. And it's like, you know, like, I guess not always, but it can be, you know, it's like, Oh, you get into a group here. Oh, you get into another group here. Oh, another group there. It's like enjoyable versus. Well, and you can have so many, like kind of like you're saying, you have so many opportunities, whereas you might have some seasons where you get one good opportunity at a deer. Especially, like on, especially on public land, like I don't know. I just uh, there was there was a yeah. lot of like excitement and all that. Like I really appreciated the moment and stuff. But like taking you that day and us going pheasant hunting and like you shooting those pheasants, like I I got the same appreciation out of that just because the moment you hadn't shot a couple like pheasants in a couple of years. Yeah. Between that and, like, Nala was, Nala was making her come back and, like, seeing her get to work and do all that. Like, I don't know. I, I have the same appreciation, but, like, it happened consistently. Plus, I got the enjoyment of making fun of Drake all day. Yeah. Like, that. Well, it's like always that, fun to make fun of Drake. Like, that's the overall. I don't, I don't remember that, huh? You know, <laughs> you were busy. That's weird. You were at Thanksgiving. You know, you're right. I invited, we invited you waterfowl hunting. We said, I have Thanksgiving. And then we, we actually, it was yep. like kind of a spur of the moment kind of thing to go pheasant hunting. I think we all had it in the back of our head that we might do it. Yeah. But like, uh, and then like by nine o'clock, no birds. And it was actually pretty cold on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we were just like, I think you, me, and Jordan all looked at each other basically the same time. And we're like, pheasant hunting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then I invited you on Sunday and you didn't come. So poo on you, Brad. Poo on yeah. you. What? There's something there. What was I doing? Um. I don't remember exactly, but 
I did uh, I did commit and then back out, so I can't say that there. Oh, you had, uh, I think you had, was that your birthday weekend? Because you had some sort of breakfast with your wife, I think. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Oh, yeah, speaking of, weren't you supposed to come to my birthday e- event? No, uh, actually. And you bailed. Actually, mm. I told her I couldn't because I had uh, family Thanksgiving that Saturday. Because mm-hmm. I had to, I went from straight from work. I went home and then I got changed and then I went out to that Thanksgiving deal. So Shay's, well, Shay's parents' house. We had Thanksgiving here, Shay's parents' house. So I didn't actually have time to go and go out to your deal. I would have mm-hmm. liked to. Okay. I didn't. I, I didn't want to go to your breakfast de- or your uh, your birthday deal and. S- see the sad transition from you turning from an, a younger male to an old man. An, an old man <laughs> to my, my, my check knee light coming on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a Ford. You don't really know when the crack in the block is coming, oh, but it's enough. coming. <laughs> so, all right, Jeremy, we've been waiting. Look your your dear camp. Dear camp. Dear camp. Well, I, you know, I think this is the reason that me and Brad have bonded over deer hunting so well is because we seem to live in about the same situation um, <laughs> when it comes to the deer camps that we have. We do a lot of the planning, and we always feel this. I I always feel this pressure to you yeah. know, make sure the people around me are having success. And I spent the first two days of deer camp uh, helping a couple of my buddies um, shoot their first deer or another, like, one of their first couple deer. One buddy never shot one before, and the other one, it was his second one ever. So, and they were just dope. And honestly, that's, like, equally as rewarding oh, in ab- certain aspects. Absolutely. I love it. I mean, uh, especially my buddy who had never shot a deer before. Um, we were back at camp that night after he shot it, and he calls his wife and kids, and, like, I don't See, I've kind of talked about this story a little bit already a couple weeks ago, and I think I mentioned this, but I, I'm kind of a soft dude. I really am. Like, I get a little emotional sometimes. Um, and he's talking to his wife and kids on FaceTime, and they're, like, so excited for him. And I was like, oh, man, he can make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> As he's showing them their, his deer. And it was just an awesome experience. And then, actually, the next... On the second weekend, I got to help another buddy shoot his first deer, and that was awesome too. So I love those moments. I live for those moments. Um, I think sometimes, kind of like it has been for you, I've been doing it so much for the last three or four years um, that I really haven't had like great opp- opportunities to like go out and do it. Um, you know, hunt for myself. Um, uh, I always seem to end up with a doe at least, and then couple two years ago i shot a nice buck but last year i didn't anyways saturday and sunday i helped a couple buddies shoot their first deer have some good luck there um while we were at camp sunday um around lunch there were some guys across from us who uh were from colorado they've been hunting the area they had antlerless mule deer tags and uh they were hunting an area that i knew pretty well and he had come over, we were skinning a deer, and he was talking to us and asking about 
how we were doing and telling us how they did and they had shot a couple does and and he was like yeah i wish we wish we had a buck tag though because there is an absolute giant in there and then he also said there's another four by four in there i've i've never shot a mule deer like ever so it's been a mission it's part of the reason that we've been going to the area that we have is because i've always wanted to shoot one i've always wanted to do it on public land like not that I wouldn't say no to private land, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> you just get so much reward from you, public. You, so. really, you really, really do. I love it. Like you know, when it comes together on the public land, it is. I, I it, don't want to. I just don't want to take that. I don't want to take that experience from you. Well, I don't want to take the grind. You know, we want to. We enjoy multiple experiences so yeah. that we can really appreciate what we're doing. You, you get, know, you get two buck tags in Nebraska, so yeah. <laughs> I only have one filled right now. Yeah, same. What about you? <laughs> I'm like that four by four. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, and we got to talking, and I he hadn't really said that they were hunting public land yet. And I just was like, oh, so you guys hunting private or public? And he's like, oh, public land. And this is after he'd said the buck. And I'm sitting there. I have the mule deer tag for the unit we're in. I'm sitting there skinning my buddy's deer, showing him how to do it. And I'm like, man, I, I really don't want to be that dude, but should I ask where they're at? Um, is it an area I possibly know? And I just was like, Man, it's already pushing Sunday evening. We only hunt till Tuesday because we had a bunch of work to get back to. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to ask. I was like, hey, I don't mean to be disrespectful or anything like that. Um, but w- is there any possibility you let me know where you're going? Because I have a buck tag for this unit, and I like I have that tag in particular. And he's like, oh, yeah, come over to the camper. You'll have to ask my buddy. He's the one that's got the map so he could show you. And I was like, I'm sitting there like, and keep in mind, the one buck that they saw in there, um, they said that it's probably a 180-inch mule deer. It's giant. It's a massive 4 by 5 um, It's probably, I, talk, I ended up talking to another guy while I was driving in that morning who said he'd seen it the year before. So my guess, and he said it was 160 inches that year. So my guess is it's probably a 5.5-year-old deer. Um, the area really for the mule deer where I was hunting really does not see a whole lot of pressure from hunters in that area, which is shocking. But, um, ah, sorry. Uh, so I, I went over and I talked to the guys. He showed me on maps. Literally, I know the area so well. I've been hunting that area for the last, like we've been in this unit for three years. I've hunted it every single year. Um, I wasn't going to hunt it this year. I just had fully committed to the whitetails and like was just going to, you know, if I off of a whim had an opportunity to go hunt mule deer, I might think about it. Um, But the two years ago, like we shot a couple does in there. I saw one buck on the run from a distance. uh, Last year, my buddy and his wife both shot bucks in that that area. And I spent like two days in there and didn't, I, I ended up shooting a doe near the end of the trip. But, so, like, I'm sitting there freaking out, told that there's a giant 180-inch mule deer and then another 4 by 4 in the area. And so I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've never shot a mule deer before. Like, I'm freaking out. Like, like looking at maps, like, how do I go in there? I had a, the best wind you could ask for. Just absolute money. It was perfect. It was, like, I, I made a video about it, and I, I, 
I would won't I'll get there eventually, but um I talk about my religion sometimes. I like to like I keep it important, but I just it felt like such a god thing. I was having a rough honestly because of some other things. I was having a rough trip um with some of the people in camp. But so <laughs> I go back in there. Keep in mind my buddy who I'd been hunting with, he wanted to go back with me and I just respectfully I was like no. Uh, I don't like if 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 I mess it up, if I mess up this hunt, that's on me, and I'm just mad at myself. But if like you do something, I don't want to be like mad at you for the rest of the trip because like there's no reason for that. And like I was feeling the pressure like to have some success because really we weren't seeing hardly any deer. Uh, I mean, we shot three deer the whole trip, and it was kind of our roughest year. So much to the point that I don't think we're actually going to go back there next year. But so I get That's in so there. funny. We, we, we had like the same same moment. We and Kenny, I kind of like, like, no, you can't come with us. And then towards the end of the trip, we both we all decided we we're like, you know, we probably won't come back here next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. It's no, just funny how they both correlate. No, maybe you guys should like switch, like switch areas and see what happens. Well, I would, I would, I would be lying. <laughs> I'd be lying if I didn't say that Brad invited me to go up there on the second weekend and I just couldn't make it work. And I would be lying if I said I'm not looking at maps really tempted to go to that unit next year. So Brad. Yeah. So Jeremy Give it a shot. I'll give you some points. So Jer I, I called Jeremy in vacation and he's like, Yeah, he's like, I'm going to deer hunt. He's like he's like, I wanted to have this conversation. Like what what like what conversation? He's like, you know, I, I met Brad through you, and I just didn't, <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't really want to, like, you know, step on your toes. I'm like, because he was talking about going to, like, duck or goose hunt with you. I was like, dude, go kill the ducks, man. <laughs> like, like, how many opportunities do you get, any, like, especially right now, like, Eastern Nebraska? Yeah. But, like, how many opportunities do you get to, like, go kill ducks or geese? Like, go kill ducks or geese, man, like. Well, I'm just I'm just weird because like sometimes people are pr- protected of their protective of their friend groups, and yeah. I just didn't want to be that guy. It's like, oh, you know, I, don't you have a good friendship? Yeah, with right. Like, uh, <laughs> I've, I've been hunting with Hunter this year, and then I meet Brad, and I'm like, which honestly, it's been great to hunt with some new people who have some kind of the same yeah, level pa- same level of passion as I do, um, but. I just didn't want to like step on his toes and make him like <laughs> feel weird. <laughs> so yeah, I called him. I was like, "Hey, I just don't want to. <laughs> I'd hate for there to be a problem with us because like, like <laughs> we've been friends longer, and I don't want like any issues there. So I just had to make sure. But I didn't end up getting to go anyways. Which sorry, buddy. It's okay. Sorry. It's you didn't get to go jump geese with bro. Oh jeez. Damn jump shooters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you must be talking about me and you. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Go ahead. This is Monday morning that I go into this hunt, and like, I woke up like, like I said, I was having some issues with some of the people in camp. Not bad issues, just had my mind thinking. So like, I woke up in just an odd mood. I struggled to get out of bed. Um, I was running a little behind, ended up stopping and talking with a few guys that were on the far south end of the property just to make sure as to where they were going. 
they didn't even have a mule deer tag. They were hunting whitetails in a different spot. And I was like, all right, that's cool. Um, spent way too long talking to them. Like we sat there and talked for 20 minutes. Keep in, keep in mind, it's like I got like a quarter to half a mile walk back into this spot. And like we're 45 minutes to sunrise or shooting light. So I'm like, oh, man, I got to go. And so I, I drive the rest of the way to where I was going to park and walk in. And I get like. 200 yards from where I was going to park and I see another truck coming down the road. So I basically threw myself off the road, you know, figuratively and parked so that these guys would go by and they did. They kind of gave that like slow down a touch and then sped up really fast. Like they were going to park there and I was like, well, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) And so I was moving fast and I'm hunting rolling hills, and Brad can relate to this because the area he hunts to can be pretty big in certain areas, I'm sure. And you, even this weekend, um, Hunter, could relate to it. I walked away from my truck without my binoculars or my rangefinder. And I literally, like, I didn't didn't realize it until I was about 100 yards from where I was going to sit, and it was, like, five minutes to shooting light, and I was like, ah, crap. No, and I just was like, man, I'm going to see a buck at, like, 400 yards. Like, I I could shoot that comfortably with a rifle in my hand. I'd have no problem. Um, But, like, you know, rolling hills are so hard to judge distance. Not a tree in sight. You can't even kind it, like. Uh, just comprehend like the distance so i was like all right well i guess we'll just see what happens and i I sit down in my spot and i you know get the morning started sun comes up good beautiful sunrise and um the area that i'm hunting the unit that i have i have a bonus tag uh white tail uh antlerless white tail tag and um i where i was sitting in the three years that I've been hunting, I've never seen a whitetail within about four miles of the area because there's no trees. On the far south end of the property, and this is a big piece, it's probably, I think it's, I'd have to look at it on maps, but it's, well, if you went all the way south to north, it, it stretches probably seven miles and then it's like three miles wide in certain spots. So it's a long property. It's thousands of acres. I've never seen a whitetail except for on the far south end. There's a tree line, and you see him there sometimes. Excuse me. Um, and I'm sitting there just watching all the hills, waiting for deer to pop up. Um, and I was looking at my f- at something on my phone real quick. And over my phone at 10 yards, I just kind of raised my eyes to look. I thought I'd heard something, and sure enough, a white-tailed doe walked within 10 yards of me. There's three miles of property surrounding me, um, and this doe walks right up to me. Like, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and I, I would have, like, a total deer in headlights moment for me because, like, my gun's by my side, my phone's in my hand. She's too close for me to, like, even slightly move towards it. And I didn't want to spook her too bad because I was like, immediately, as soon as I saw his white tail, I was like, well, I got a bonus tag. I'm at least going to shoot a deer while I'm back here. And she saw me but had no idea what I was and just looked at me for a second and then just dropped down in the ditch where she came from. And uh, I immediately grabbed my gun, 
didn't take the camera with me and because I was like, ah, I'm going to shoot this doe. Pop over, looking for her. She kind of disappeared. It was literally bright at legal shooting light, so it was, like, still really relatively dark. Couldn't see her. I ended up finally seeing her go up and over uh, one of the just rolling hills, and I moved down the hillside that I was on um, to get a better uh, vantage point. Um, to just see where she went. Never ended up seeing her again. And I just was sitting there, you know, put my rifle back on my shoulder with the sling and whatnot. And I was like, that was really weird, but also kind of unfortunate, kind of a bummer. And I was like, just standing there looking for her. And sure enough, like out of the corner of my eye, I just see a big gray body moving the bottom. And... I look down, see the top of his head, and there's just antlers. I didn't even, I mean, I knew it was not the big buck that was in there. It ended up being that 4 by 4 that those guys had seen as well. And I saw the deer. I saw antlers on it. I knew it was, they were, which meal deer have big ears, but, I mean, his ear, this deer was super tall for how old it was, actually. I mean, it was a two-and-a-half-year-old buck, but it was super tall, um, and... <laughs> I literally just saw it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm shooting that deer. Like, three years of mule deer hunting in this spot, never been able to make it happen. Just a total whim opportunity to go back in there. Uh, This buck walks out 100 yards below me. I went to one knee, put my gun on my sticks, and dropped him in his tracks. And, like, I, like, (laughs) it was kind of funny. I wish I had, like, a microphone on me because, like, as I see him and as like the whole time I'm going down like to my sticks, I'm just like, I'm going to shoot this buck. I'm going to shoot this buck. I'm freaking out. <laughs> and, uh, like I'm like, this is finally going to happen. And when he dropped in his tracks, Oh, I freaked out. <laughs> I literally like, uh, like I freaked out, had a few tears in my eyes. Like I said, I'm softy, but I literally just was losing it and went up and called my dad and was like, he knew what I was doing back there and it's, it's not even seven o'clock yet. So like he picked up the phone with that, like, he's about to tell me something here. (laughs) He's like, hello. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I just shot a buck (laughs) and like just freaking out. I, it was, uh, it it was awesome. And I, of course I'm sitting, I went back up to my bag, like to make this phone call. Cause I literally hadn't taken my phone with me. I like, it was, I threw it down when I went to chase after that doe. And so I hadn't even touched this deer. And I, I knew that it wasn't a big deer. Like from the angle that I saw, I knew the antlers were above its ears and like y'all, you guys have both seen the picture and anybody who wants to see the picture, you can go to my Instagram or if you really want to see the whole video without a kill shot, it's on my YouTube as well, but it's not a giant mule deer. It's a decent one for first buck, but I thought it was much, I actually thought it was much smaller than what it ended up being. I thought it was just like a fork, fork buck. And so people always talk about, uh, ground shrinkage. Um, when it comes to deer, you think it's a giant deer and then you're walking up to it and it's like, Ooh, what did I shoot? Well, as I'm walking towards this deer, it's like my envision, like my vision of what it is. It, it, it got much bigger. 
I probably doubled what I thought it was. And I just started sending texts, calling people, and like, oh, freaking out. It was, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I will never forget that one. That's for sure. It like, it actually, like, I'll never forget it to the point that, like, I, I talked about potentially going somewhere else next year, but my heart also really wants to go chase meal deer again because I actually really enjoy it. I mean, I think, Brad, you've shot a mule deer, right? Yeah. yeah. I've shot uh, where we hunt. We get into a lot of hybrids. Yeah. Was, <laughs> but My heart goes I, to the I've actually. Deer. That's kind of what we're gearing up for next year, thinking about is I want to go towards the Kansas border somewhere and pursue something about mule deer. You're talking like. Southeast or what? Uh, or you know, I apply for the I apply for the conservation unit every year, so maybe I'll get luckiest next year and get that one. But um, I yeah, southwest ish, I would say. That's a nice um, unit. I've deer hunted out there. Kansas, that that <laughs> general area gets. Uh. Yeah, that's probably where you have your thousands of acres. No, actually, no. That's a that's a different. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry. No, I, I get them all confused. My <laughs> my dad's another. Oh, sorry. So you have the canyons, and then my dad's buddy owns some river ground along the Republican River there at like Stratton. Okay, yeah. So that I've hunted out there before. It's it's I, I've seen. There's a lot. Of Sounds like I might know a guy. Might know a guy. I might know a guy. No, Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, if you do, if you do, if you guys, wow, actually, that. I mean, I try not. When it comes to, I hint about where I duck hunt sometimes, but when it comes to deer hunting, I literally hate even acknowledging the general area. But I mean, <laughs> we 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 hunt the Southwest unit. Um, obviously, if you look on a map in Nebraska, you'll figure out what unit that is pretty quickly. So if you guys do decide yeah. to do that or you pull those tags, um, let me know. I could give you some spots, especially if we don't go back there next year. Or uh, screw it, we'll just leave our groups. You and me can go meal deer hunting next year. <laughs> or, or even better, just let's just go to South Dakota to go duck hunting. Well, we're going to do that too. We're going to apply for that. I, yeah. We, are, we need to start like texting who all wants to go. Because that could be a trip if we have enough people. I mean, we could split up. Yeah, I don't know. It could be more than just a yearly trip, too. I mean, if you get, if you win the lottery, you could get like, a, you could go up. South Dakota ain't that far away. You go up like every weekend. Because mm, their, their waterfowl tag is a lottery, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lottery, but I can't remember. Isn't there like a three day, a five day, and then a yearly? Uh, I I think it's like, if I remember right, it's like North Dakota's where you, you can pick like, you can either do like 14 days in a row or you can pick like two seven day periods Hmm. and that's when you can go. Cause if I remember Hmm. right, you could do, I think their, their pheasant tag say is a, see, I know their pheasant is completely different than the waterfowl. Cause I well their pheasant tag is a ten day because you get two five days, 
Um, you can you can either do one ten or you can split it up and do two fives. Now you can pay for more, but that's their just non-resonant cheapo tag. But you have to like, I don't know. You have to normally tell them when you're supposed to when you're gonna be there or whatnot. But I don't know. We'll see. Because I might take might take a client out and go out with Matt. Wanna? Yes. Did you listen to that podcast, Brad? Uh, I listened to most of it, not all of it. He said he's got some big ranch that he confess a hunt, and I talked, told him, and said if he's really going to do it, let me know because I might take some clients out there, some more clients. I said yes because I'm a client. You're not a client, Brad. <laughs> I I get stuff through you. <laughs> that that is the definition of a client. <laughs> Uh, you, I now. I'll give you my boss. I now order. expect a trip I'll, of at least ten thousand dollars or more. Jeez, Prefer, preferably Red Stag in New Zealand. Oh, oh. really? But man. I'll take whatever. Moose in Alaska is fine too. I swear, me and Brad were meant to be friends. I wait, wait. I think I remember him saying something about he was going to take me and Jeremy caribou hunting in Alaska. Yeah, I don't think no, no. But yeah, I remember I would, that day. I would love to go caribou hunting in Alaska. We, we did talk about that. I do think that I would love to go do that. I know that I want to, which I have a few years to do that. I would like to go to Alaska before I'm thirty. Before you're thirty, I'm only twenty four. You got to remember that. Y'all are a little and older than me. You, you youngins. You youngins. I don't even know what it would cost to do a caribou hunt. It's, uh, how we... I think I uh, I dabbled into it a little bit on the old Facebook comment section somewhere, and it was like somewhere around forty five hundred. Yeah, I was gonna say I and know. Was, I know to do a... it's only forty five hundred. Well, that was without flight. That was without flight. You had oh, to supply flight. You probably had a. That's probably through a guide service, isn't it? Wait. Yeah, so I think you have to have a guide in Alaska. Yeah, you do. If uh, you're a non-resident, you have to have a guide in certain areas, I believe. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, because I know we, like, my group's been looking at, like, I, I can't decide what I want to do in Alaska. Actually, what I'd love to do is a caribou slash moose hunt. You can hit both seasons, both seasons if you go during the right period. But, um to do because you can DIY moose in certain units. Um, obviously, you probably had to get flown in, but that just for a moose hunt, everything I was reading was between twelve and fifteen or twelve and fifteen thousand. But that's a moose. Yeah, and a lot of the, the most expensive is honestly getting the meat back. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of that was money to get the meat back. I want. What did okay? So that forty five hundred. What did all that include? That include your like tag and like what else was that? I believe that was lodging and your tag, or maybe it wasn't your tag. Maybe it was lodging and a guide service. I don't know. The crazy, the crazy thing to me is a caribou tag in Alaska is only like four hundred dollars. For real? It's not that bad. A moose tag is eight hundred. For real? For real. Oh, that's that's actually not bad at all. No, I exactly. Like in this like, you know, the lower 48, the some of the places you can moose hunt, your tags are like 20 
$2,400 or something stupid like that. And even for residents, they're over 1000 Really? I always wanted to, I didn't know that. Yeah, no. It, but, I mean, there's not as many of them. And, like... That makes sense. Yeah. That makes me want to go caribou hunting stat. I wasn't joking. We talked about this on that... We went on that one duck hunt, like, a month ago, where we were talking about this. I... I'm serious. Because I, like, next yeah, year... Yeah, I'm serious, to, too. I'm a client. We're supposed to... Y'all have gone red. <laughs> like, next year, we're supposed to go... Early November, so let's go diver hunting. And then in the Great Lakes. Bling. And then I've been thinking about trying to sneak in like a crane hunt. Oh. Crane hunt in Texas, like you know, in January. So like cuts it Man, up. Man, how the heck are we going to go to South Dakota if you're going to... How are we not? He's rich, dude. Honestly, That's okay. right. I, I got to remember no, that, Brad. No, yeah. like, okay. <laughs> okay, think about this. The, the diver hunt... I think, don't quote me on this. I think it's only like six hundred bucks. Like the oh, that doesn't include bad. lodging though, yeah. and lodging and food that just guide fees, which I mean throw some tips. But like South Dakota, honestly, won't be that expensive. Your tag, like your tag, a little bit. Your, your license, excuse me. I bet if you did it right, especially if you got enough people, you know, to split up food. I bet you could do South Dakota for about five hundred bucks a person. But like, okay, so oh yeah, we, we take. Brad's trailer up there, and we take. Yeah, you know, I don't have it. a trailer. Well, if, if Brad doesn't want to take his, we can take ours. Your camper, Brad. Your camper. Oh, okay. You take, gotcha. the, you take the camper. You said, said trailer. I was confused. I'll take your boat, and then that way you can have your fishing boat, and then we could take you know another pickup or two to go scouting with. Yeah. Like honestly, it wouldn't. It's not crazy. No, I wouldn't be. Because you take a, you know, you take a week and you go up there and you'd switch out for fishing, pheasant hunting, duck hunting. Like, yeah. we could go wild. It's the great unknown. You go buck wild for real. No more of this. Man, that would be tough to balance. I mean, honestly, like if you were trying to like, I'm just trying to picture if I tried to pack for fishing, pheasant hunting, and waterfowl hunting. That's a lot. It's not too bad, honestly, because say like you got three or four guys, you only take like say three dozen or whatnot. If even if you split groups, like you have a dozen and a half ducks up there, are probably really stupid, so it wouldn't be that hard comparatively to like East Nebraska. But like fishing, I don't know about that because boo fishing. But like pheasant, all you got to do is have a gun and like a vest and a hat and like a and a dog, of course. But like. There's not a whole lot to that, buddy. Cool, no, I'll be... I'll, uh, well, uh, just no. think a straight week of, like, waterfowl hunting and pheasant hunting that for Nala. You can push it to her edge. Dude, she... <laughs> oh, man. Actually, if we do South Dakota, we're basically going to have to not hunt her until we go. Yeah, she'll be fine. But if she hurts herself... You're going to have to yeah, right. <laughs> Don't say that, buddy. Please stop. <laughs> Don't put that evil on me. Don't you put that evil on me. Yeah, you, you want me to not go caribou hunting? <laughs> Paying for vet bills, yeah, man. Right. That does me in. I, the amount of money I've spent on that dog, like vet bills, is yeah. ridiculous. Thank God I have pet oh, I, I hear you. She's injury prone. Oh, She'd just stop getting hurt. That'd be great. She's got a... 
infection. I don't, I don't think I told you, but she's got an abdominal hernia. Yeah, you're So now when she gets fixed, it's just an added cost, but it's like, <sighs> Nala. Yeah. Nala Bean. What are you saying, Brad? I feel your pain. I'm sorry, buddy. I've had to have four ACL surgeries done. Uh, each one is about five grand. On your dogs or you? Uh, on my dogs. Oh, I was like, you've torn your ACL five, Jeez, t- four times. Like, <laughs> you're calling me rich. Yeah, you'd be rich if you weren't paying for that. <laughs> Thankfully, I also have pet insurance, so. Helps, you know, a couple of years ago, I used to think that pet insurance was kind of silly. I don't have a dog yet, so but I will be getting one. Actually, oh, I had an interesting dog story while hunting this weekend. But um, I want to point before I say that I want pet insurance now because I used to think it was stupid, and then I started hanging out with you, <laughs> and I keep hearing all these stories about dogs, and I go, "Oh my goodness." Yeah, it's definitely worth it. My luck is I would get a dog that would literally be a Nala. Perfect. <laughs> she'll just she'll be so great, but at the same time, she'll hurt herself so many times. Yep. But you say pointing lab? Is that what you're gonna n- say? No, no. Oh, or chocolate lab. I want a chocolate. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say pointing lab, like pointing chocolate lab. No. I just wondered. No, sorry. But I had a real interesting uh, take with a dog this weekend, um, and it was uh, borderline, like, legally speaking, it wouldn't have been right. <laughs> so I'm deer hunting. I was, it's muzzleloader season here in Nebraska. I saw that. Yeah, and I, sweetest little dog ever. Anybody who follows, on, follows me on Instagram and watches my stories, um, I was muzzleloader hunting. I've been exploring a lot of properties the last couple days, trying to find good late season spots on public ground in eastern Nebraska. Let me tell you what that is a chore. That is a chore and a half. Um, and so I go to explore. This. Yeah, I go, I, I, I go to explore this little piece, and as I'm getting my gun and putting my orange on and whatnot, this. It was a lab mix with something. I'm not really sure what it was. It's running down the road towards me. <laughs> and she's wagging her tail. So I was like, all right, good. I'm not going to get attacked. Because <laughs> some of those farm dogs, you never know. And she's running down the road towards me. And I'm like, I love dogs. So whenever I see them, I pet them. I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, you're super sweet. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go hunting. <laughs> And I was like, all right, <laughs> I, you can see the house like 800 yards up the road. I was like, all right, go home. <laughs> go home. Nope. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right, well, I guess you don't go home. Maybe I'll just stay here, pick up my gun, start walking. No, nope, dog just followed me nope. right, right down the trail. <laughs> uh, and the whole time, like, it really wasn't that big of a deal because I was just walking through the property. I just wanted to see it, and there was no deer back in there. I mean, there was a lot of sign, and it would be a really good archery place, but I think once you get, which is the case with a lot of the properties in eastern Nebraska, 
they get so, hit so hard during rifle season that generally by the end of rifle season, there's no more deer and the deer are not interested in coming into the area. Yeah. So I found a lot of old rubs and whatnot. But the point is the dog didn't kick any deer out. And the whole time I'm just walking and I was like, oh my goodness. If I, game, It'd be really funny for a game warden yeah, to come up. If a game warden come came by now, I did have a GoPro on my shoulder recording everything. So <laughs> I think I could have talked my way out of it. But in the state of Nebraska, you're not allowed to use dogs. And technically, even though it wasn't my dog, you could have made an argument that there was a dog being used um, <laughs> while deer hunting. And I was like walking. And I'm like, man, should I like... I take the primer out of my gun because if I was to shoot a deer and I, technically that could be seen as illegal and I just was having this mental battle the whole time. So it was probably good that we didn't see any deer and she stayed with me the whole time. The whole time? The whole time. And literally oh I, I got back to my vehicle and like put everything in and you could just tell she's like, no, don't go. <laughs> Because I would stop and get some water, and I'd pet her a little bit. Because she, I mean, this is a really sweet dog, actually. And uh, then I just got in my truck, and I was like, all right, see you next time. <laughs> and drove up, and she went back to her house. And I was like, okay, well, that was, it made me want a dog really bad, actually. Hey, I'll give you Zeus. I don't Zeus like, is yours, buddy. See, Take the, him home. Hunter, I like Zeus. <laughs> I I love that he's at your house because I am weird about dogs and yes I love dogs but as much of a companion as they are they also are kind of how do I say it like I don't want to say t- a tool like and it be like taken out of context but that's what they are like I I want to utilize my dog I don't I don't want a dog it's going to sit at the house all day and do nothing on the weekends. Or He could retrieve birds. Oh. No, he doesn't. He eats them. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Have you ever trained him? Shay and I had this debate. <laughs> so I had when Nala was a puppy, we got her in September. So what did I do? I had some teal that I had stowed away so as she grew up, I could use them, right? Uh-huh. Well... I had this debate with not or with Shay because she was upset that I would go train with Nala, but then Zeus wasn't. You know, I, I'm favoring Nala. I'm like, it's a dog, it's not a child. No yeah. offense, but like, so one time I finally said, okay, I'm gonna do it. I said, this is my last heel. If he tries to eat this duck, which I know he's going to, <laughs> he's gonna get whacked. <laughs> what happened? Threw it ten yards, runs up to it. Kind of like bites at it, looks at it, starts licking at it, and starts trying to eat the breast. Oh boy! <laughs> that we'll just leave it at that. I was right. I was right. <laughs> so I don't. You can keep Zeus. I'll pet him and give him attention while I'm here. But <sighs> he'll sleep with you on hunting trips. That's hey, fine. hey, you can bring him on hunting trips, and he can <laughs> hang out with me. I, I. Some people think it's weird to have dogs in their beds, but, like, I'm definitely a person that would have a dog in my bed all the time. Mom sleeps in my bed every night. Really? I, oh, yeah. I have three in my bed right now. I don't know how you manage that, Brad. Yeah, three, three sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah, and one one is 100 plus, the other one's 
just shy. Wow. Wow. What, yeah. what do you guys yeah. sleep on? Like an extra king or something? <laughs> Usually the dogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, like, so we've got a perfect. So I've got my side. Nala's like right in between us, but she like, she'll cuddle with me. But then as soon as like it's sleep time, mm-hmm. she scoots her head to the edge of the bed and she just straightens out. So it's like perfect. Mm-hmm. And then there's Shay, and then Zeus, like, either likes to be by Shay's feet or likes to, like, lay up by her head with his head on the pillow like a human being. It's kind of <laughs> weird, but, like, it's just, yeah. Now that we're on bunny trails of bunny trails, of deer trails. This podcast has been everywhere. The bunny trail. Yeah. All right. There you go. Well, I think that probably does it for this podcast, since we're on the bunny trails of bunny trails. Thanks for, uh... Stepping on with us, us, Brad, and giving us the old deer camp rundown. Yeah, thanks for having me. Do you want appreciate to, it? You want us, you know, shout out your social medias. You can. Yeah, check out my uh, my Facebook. Check out my Instagram. Get all YouTube. So I I recorded a bunch of uh, videos while I was deer hunting, but I didn't get any kill shots, so I didn't make any videos. You might want to say so. what your count is, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's a real fresh catch. R-E-E-L, like a fishing reel. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube before his because we're still in a deep, or a very heated lock of <laughs> like 120. Didn't you, didn't, didn't you give up on YouTube? No, I haven't given up. I just... I haven't had any good hunts. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, this being said, you never turn your GoPro on anymore. Okay, like, yeah, I've been so lazy and like I have so such low expectations that I just haven't like brought it really. Yeah. Now pheasant hunting, I like we were gonna go pheasant or when we go to pheasant hunting, I had every indication of like bringing my GoPro and I just totally forgot. I was gonna say we had such a good pheasant hunt. And that day that. I've got that. Don't worry. I've got it all on video. So that day that I shot that banded goose, like every time like nothing was going on, it was running. Every time something was going on, <laughs> it was off. Like it was just uh, in the bud. See, I've got. I'm I, glad I, I'm not the only one that that happened to. I've got a pile of those, even though they were like bad, relatively bad duck hunts. Like I'm still gonna make videos out of them. I just been so lazy. Well, I've just been, I've, I've had work. I've, I'm almost finished with it. I agree. I've been focusing on that. And then I've been focusing like do podcasts. I just haven't, I don't know. Yeah. Now that whole another pod, whole another podcast there. GoProing. Yeah. GoProing. <laughs> Videoing. <huh>? Video. <laughs> Sorry. It's really getting out there. All right. Jeremy. Appreciate you being on. Humphreys, Humpfish365. Yeah. Check out his YouTube to check out Deer Camp. Yeah, you want all the Deer Camp videos. Those are all up now. All of the rifle season stuff is up. Absolutely. Don't so. miss out. Hopefully we have a good deer or a good duck hunt in the next like couple weeks. So we can put that one up maybe. Oh, I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I guess we'll just go out and look at hawks apparently. <laughs> right. Right, Brad. 
Yeah, that's about uh, the only thing that's offered out there. <laughs> All right, well, appreciate listening to our uh, BS podcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, if you made it to the end of this, you're an absolute trooper. We love you. Please rate <laughs> the <review>. podcast. <laughs> and just send us a DM about making it through because you're basically family. <laughs> Yeah, actually, no. If you listen to the entire fan badge, if if you listen to this entire podcast, go to Huntfish three sixty five. Send me a DM on Instagram, and I'm gonna shout you out. (laughs) Like I'm just gonna be like, "Hey, you listen to the entire podcast of us BSing for an hour and forty minutes. Let's go. You're the real MVP, bro. (laughs) All right, y'all. Appreciate it. God bless. Have a great. The, you have a great weekend with a duck or without a duck because that's the way it's looking. So, all right, guys, see you later.